If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream a download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates, the most puzzling podcast on the planet. My name is Becca, and I cannot take a hint. My name is Josh, and I think it was Mr. White in the ballroom with the candlestick. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> I think it was Professor Plum in the study with the knife. No, I have Professor Plum. He couldn't have done it. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Tune into our, our next podcast where we play tabletop games, but like like board games, and don't role play through them. <laughs> Um, Welcome to our audio-only clue roleplay podcast. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Now, we're a Batman podcast. We talk about uh, Silver Age villains um, and their first appearances and uh, what what they feel like and do through the modern age and era. Physically what they feel like. We get all up on them. We get in there. We stick our fingers all over them. We get deep in the paint of the comic book. (laughs) Um, and we're a couple, and we're in love. Yeah, we love each other. That's the mate's part. Um, so today we are covering the Clue Master, who I think I have some information about him that maybe you don't know, which Ooh, is exciting. But if you do, I'll, I'll be disappointed. But oh, okay. we'll see. Um, so we're going to talk about Clue Master. We are going to look at his first appearance, which is Detective Comics 351. Um, and we're also going to continue our series on uh, the Suicide Squad characters, this time with one who's not in the movie. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, but first, a little bit of news from this week. Uh, so last week at IGN Fan Fest, during a table read of the Batman Beyond episode, Out of the Past. Oh man, uh, I've been, I've been wanting to actually like listen to that. I yeah. haven't had the time. It's up on Twitter. We can watch it after we record this. Okay. Uh, voice director, uh, series voice director Andrea Romano suggested that if the fans started asking for it and demanding it loudly enough, Warner Brothers would be foolish not to revive the series like the rumored revival of Batman the Animated Series. Um, Romano, who was joined virtually by actors Cree Summer, Michael Rosenbaum, Will Friedel, and Kevin Conroy, spoke for the group, asserting, quote, We would like to make it. It would be great fun. We're all still around. We're all still available. Everybody's still doing beautiful work. So yes, please. And thank you. Lauren Tom, who played Terry's girlfriend, Dana, wasn't on the call, but I'd be willing to bet she'd be up for it. She recently appeared in Netflix's Disenchanted, and she is also still doing beautiful work. Mm -hmm. She was also on an episode of Batman the Animated Podcast not too long ago. I want to say like last year, where Mm -hmm. she talked to him about like her role in the series. Yeah, she's always amazing, professional. I love Mm -hmm. Lauren Tom. Big fan. So the question is, what, let's... We're going to get this campaign started, us and our many listeners, obviously, uh-huh. yes. to bring back Batman Beyond. So what's our Batman Beyond revival campaign hashtag going to be? Oh, what's ha- the... Okay. I have a couple suggestions. Okay, okay. You can, you can add more. You can tell which one you like the best. Okay. I've got hashtag bring back beyond, um, hashtag beyond revival, mm-hmm. um, hashtag 20 Terry one, <laughs> and hashtag Neo Gotham Knights. Like the game that's coming out. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we like jump off of the publicity that that game is going to... I like br- Bring Back Beyond is a really good one. Bring Back Beyond. What was the first one you said? Uh, Bring Back Beyond was the first one. Oh, oh, the be- one you laughed at was 20 Terry 1. Well, yeah, that one's just <laughs> silly and weird. It's good. Uh, Beyond Revival is also a good one, I yeah. think. All right. So let's... Are we going to settle on Bring Back Beyond? Yes, Bring All Back right. Beyond. You heard it here first. Bring Back Beyond. Get it trending on Twitter. Tag Andrea Romano, tag Kevin Conroy, tag Warner Brothers, Bruce tag Tim. tag Zack Snyder, tag Bruce Tim, Zack Snyder, tag Paul Dini. No, no, we don't want Zack Snyder involved in this. I, he's got the money. Warner Brothers obviously listens to him on some things. Oh man, oh I can't imagine how weird a listen, Batman Beyond listen, made by him. Listen, would be. listen, listen. We just need his dirty, dirty money. Okay, we don't need his creative input. That's fine. <laughs> As long as he's got his name attached to it, Warner Brothers will make it. That There is proof. There is precedent on this. If his name is attached to it, he's going to have to be involved in some way. Okay, well. And he's going to be like, uh, let's put hallelujah in this. hallelujah again. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. His, Terry's going to sacrifice himself the first episode. His favorite and only song. Yes, the only one he knows. So if it's going to be a revival, they would pick up where the show left off? 
I guess. I guess that's what they're doing with Batman the Animated Series. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the weird thing is, is they did like a time jump because they tied Batman Beyond into the Justice League Unlimited cartoon, Mm -hmm. uh, where you learn that like Terry is actually like half of a clone of Bruce Wayne or something. Okay. (laughs) uh, Because Amanda Waller... The woman who runs Task Force X, the Suicide Squad, is trying to recreate like a modern Batman because she thinks that the world needs a Batman. Okay. <laughs> and and she's involved in like Terry's dad's death in some way also. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. But, but, but that happens, I want to say, like a few years after the series because mm-hmm. Terry's like matured. He looks a little different. They, they like made the character model look a little different mm-hmm. from like him being in high school in Batman Beyond or the early seasons of Batman Beyond to like him learning all this stuff. He, he's a, like, yeah, like more of an experienced Batman. He's, a, he's in his like mid to late twenties. I think he's not so svelte. Yeah. Yeah. He's not he, just like one thin line. He's not skinny anymore. He has the broad shoulders that all the Bruce Tim characters yeah. have. <laughs> Those broad Bruce shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Uh, great. So yeah. That's but we can see, I guess maybe we'll see what happened in those interstitial years. Yeah. So yeah, get a trending, hashtag bring back beyond, or alternatively, hashtag 20 Terry one. Get a trending, and maybe we'll have it soon. I hope we do. There's been a lot of talk about it. I know that they had a movie in the works for a while. Like, there was a pitch for a movie all the way back in, like, the early 2000s or something. Like, a a couple of years after the TV series debuted. Um, they couldn't top Return of the Joker. But they... Yeah, that's true. The Return of the Joker is a pretty good movie based... In, in the, the Batman Beyond universe. Uh, but they, for some reason, it just kept falling through the cracks. Like, they, it kept switching creative hands, and they had, like, scripts, but then they never got made. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, you know, I don't know why it kept falling through, but maybe it was just, like, they couldn't get a cohesive vision, or they, no director really wanted to jump on it or something. I guess. All right. Well, you mentioned Amanda Waller. Yeah. Do you want to take us into uh, <laughs> yes. this week's... Squad Goals! Yes, this week for Squad Goals, we are doing Ratcatcher. So the Ratcatcher in the Suicide Squad movie is going to be Ratcatcher 2, mm-hmm. which is an entirely new character mm-hmm. who we have not seen before and uh, hasn't even been hinted at, as far as I can tell, in the comics or anything. Uh, but we're going to talk about the original Ratcatcher. Okay. So the the woman who's going to be Ratcatcher two in some way proceeds pro proceeds precedes succeeds 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 that's what yeah. I'm looking for succeeds him. Uh, so we can assume that she will have at least maybe some of his traits mm-hmm. or will share maybe some of his costume. <laughs> I think she's supposed to be his daughter. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Ratcatcher created by Alan Grant. John Wagner and Norm Bayfogle debuted in 1988 in Detective Comics number 585. This is a Batman story. Uh, real name, Otis Flanagan. And uh, Otis's backstory is that he worked for the Gotham Sanitation Department as an actual rat catcher, Ooh. but was sent to jail for stabbing a man to death in a street fight. Hmm. Uh, I read this first appearance. I like skimmed through uh, the two issues that cover his kind of arc. Um, and <laughs> he he likes to say, eh, boys, to his rats a lot. Okay. <laughs> and he also says, uh, by the powers vested in me by the Gotham City Sanitation Department, I sentence you to death. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he does that at least twice. I can't believe James Gunn didn't want this man in his movie. <laughs> Uh, in that comic, he uh, kidnaps officials who were involved in his imprisonment for the stabbing, mm-hmm. uh, and he keeps them underground in like uh, in cells in the in the sewers. Okay. So, uh, and I think this is for like years. Oh. And God. it doesn't get in- uncovered by Batman until like five years later or something. Is anybody okay? They're alive, but it doesn't look like they're very well off. They are living in cells in the sewers, being being held there by a madman. Okay. Um, who can control rats? Hmm. 
because Ratcatcher's ability is that he has the ability to control rats. It's kind of unclear as to how he does this. Sometimes the explanation is as simple as he trains them, and sometimes it's as far out as him having like a natural connection to them that allows him to speak to them. Mm. He uses rats to assist him in breaking out from prison multiple times, and he uses them also to get items in and out of secure places like vents and sewers. That's how they help him out of jail, is they, like, bring him things, they can steal stuff for him, all that sort of stuff. Good boys. They're, they're yeah, they're, they're, they're rats that do this man's bidding. Hmm. Uh, his costume is reminiscent of a sanitation worker, he, sometimes with, like, big galoshes and gloves. Usually he has some kind of, like, big, long trench coat kind of thing. And uh, always wearing a gas mask. The the kind of gas mask that has, like, the elephant trunk thing coming out of the front. Okay. Not like a painter's gas mask, but, like, the very, like, old school when you picture a, a spooky, scary gas mask. Okay. That kind of gas mask. Like World War One gas mask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, a little different from Scarecrow in recent years. Uh, yeah, yeah, because Scarecrow ha- has the two filters on the side, usually. Yeah. He has the one that looks like, it, like I said, like an elephant trunk. Mm. Uh, that goes to, like, a, a actual air canister on his back. Okay. Um, like Dr. Poison. <laughs> he usually has a gas gun that he uses to shoot, like, various noxious gases. Sometimes it's, like, cyanide gas to kill people with. Mm. Um, and he is also sometimes depicted as using a flute to call for the rats oh. to, as like a Pied Piper reference. That's fun. <laughs> uh, he hasn't been involved with the Suicide Squad or played any part of any huge DC events as far as I could tell. He's just a regular themed Batman villain. Mm. He's a Batman villain that's got a, a, a rat and Pied Piper theme and, uh, you know, he, come, he comes out every once in a while, breaks out of prison, does some crimes, hurts some people. <laughs> he is actually part of a storyline I'm going to talk a little bit about later. Once okay. I, when I read about it, I saw that it was too, like, interesting for me to give everything away. Mm. But he does show up in a, in a Clue Master storyline. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I but did it's like... it's in New 52, so... Oh, like, okay, uh, okay. Do you want to read it? <laughs> <laughs> I, did a, I did a quick rundown of this just because, like, I know that it's not actually him that's going to be in the movie. Ah. Um, I want to just touch on, like, the big things about him. He shows up in the Arkham video games, usually as an Easter egg, so he's not actually there, uh, but the players are able to find his trademark gas mask and gloves hidden in, like, little tight spaces usually like pop into a vent and it's like one of the one of the riddler clues you have to solve or some things you have to take a picture of of the gas mask Mm -hmm. um and also there's another reference to him in the batman beyond series Ah. so there's a character called rat boy that has rat-like features and telepathic abilities that allow him to control rats Mm Uh, He tries to get revenge on the bullies that made fun of him for his rat-like appearance. Uh, And he also creeps on Terry's girlfriend, Dana, sending her love letters and then eventually kidnapping her to profess his love to her. You love to see it. True love. (laughs) We believe in true love on this podcast. And obviously, you know, Terry McGinnis Batman does not take kindly to this and goes down and and (laughs) defeats him. Good. Um... That's really all I have on Ratcatcher. Like I said, you know, he's a he's a themed Batman villain. He's a guy who controls rats, and that's his deal, and that's his shtick, and and there's not much outside of that to cover. Yeah, I think that's what we're gonna see in uh, the Suicide Squad with his daughter. She also controls rats, which is all I know about her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So excited! I think. Okay, so I watched uh, another. Uh, a YouTube channel's video, kind of analyzing all the Suicide Squad uh, the characters. Suicide Squad, mostly like the like the clips that have come out so far, and kind mm. of like gleaming a little bit of like what the storyline might be. So just in case this turns out to be correct, spoiler alert for <laughs> possible spoilers for the Suicide Squad. Uh, he thinks, and I guess I should credit them. This is uh, Eric Voss of New Rock Stars. He thinks that what will happen is the Suicide Squad is going to be broken into two groups at the beginning of the movie. And one of them, led by Rick Flagg, is going to go off and immediately just get wiped out on this mission. And then, But, like, Rick, Rick Flagg will survive. And then Harley's mm-hmm. team is going to have to, like, come in and, like, fix the mess. Mm. So that's why there's so many characters 
in this movie and why like we shouldn't get attached to too many of them because like half of them are going to die probably right at the beginning. You think there's going to be... Namely (laughs) namely Pete Davidson. You think they're going to cut the cast in half at the very beginning of the movie? I think so. And it makes me sad because Nathan Fillion is is one of of those uh, expendables (laughs) too. And I like Nathan Fillion and I think he deserves to have a movie role. (laughs) He does. He did a wonderful job as uh, Captain Hammer in in some other comic book related media. That, I, that wasn't based No, on it wasn't based on a comic book, but it's like superheroes. It's superhero, yeah. <laughs> Love Dr. Horrible. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I'm excited for the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll talk about um, Nathan Fillion's character next week. He also, you know what? He also voices uh, Green Lantern in the... He does! In like all the DC animated movies yeah. that were from like the mid-2010s on. yeah. He's a great voice actor. He is, yeah, definitely. Love Nathan Fillion. He's a great actor too. I mean, he's a great voice actor, great actor. I I love Nathan Fillion. Should we watch Castle? <laughs> I did watch Castle. You did? Yeah, I did for a while. Like, what? I watched like four seasons of Castle or something. What's it about? Uh, he's a, a he's like a murder writer who uh works with a police force to get ideas for his murder mysteries. Okay. And like ends up basing the characters in his stories on the police that he works with. That seems kind of unethical. Why? I wouldn't want to read like knock on wood this wouldn't happen. I wouldn't want to read a mystery story that's based on like my mom's murder. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, this guy sucks. He, I think he, ch- like, he changes names and stuff. All right. So it's not... I'd still know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he's going to go ahead and change names, like, just think of original stories. Well, he's that's what he's there for, though. Is he... Because he's like, he's like, well, I did, like, all the tropes or whatever. I want to go and see, like, he's what... He's done real, them all. What real cops do so I can come up with more stories. All right. Stephen King just does drugs when he needs more inspiration. Has he tried that? <laughs> Actually, I think he's an alcoholic in the oh. television series. Or he's a recovering alcoholic or something. Again, it's been a very long... I watched it when it aired, so okay. it's been a very long time since I've actually watched the show. Right. I do know that he ends up falling in love with the woman cop, uh, and I think they end up like marrying or something by oh. the end of the series. Welcome Spoiler. to Casual Crashers, a new podcast from the creators of Batmaids. <laughs> My name is Becca, and... Um, I am we're the gonna, queen of this castle. We're gonna we're gonna watch every single season of Castle and then talk about the entire series all at once in one omnibus twenty hour podcast. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. <laughs> okay. Is that all you have on Ratcatcher? That's all I have on Ratcatcher. Okay. Look forward next week to our twenty hour episode that's all about Castle. Uh, we're gonna move on to the comic, right? Yeah. Silver Age review. Detective Comics number 351, mm-hmm. The Clue Master's Topsy-Turvy Crimes. Cover date, May 1966. Writer, Gardner Fox. Penciler, Carmine Infantino. Inker, Sid Green. Letterer, Joe Letterzies. Letter- Letterese. Mm. <laughs> Editor, Julius Schwartz. It's a good name for him to have. He's the letterer. Yeah. 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 Joe. You, you think he got the job because his last name was Letterese? Mm, possible. <laughs> you never know. Uh, this is so. This is after the editor change, yes. where the art style is is quite a bit different mm-hmm. from what we've seen before. And you can also kind of see that they're they're looking towards more serious stories, but there's still some there's still a lot of wacky you stuff. S- you say that, but there's a lot of heartwarming stuff in this comic <laughs> that I enjoy. Yeah, well, I, I mean, like it's not you know it's not Batmite, it's not Polka Dot Man or whatever. It's not the really wacky stuff. Okay. <laughs> Clue Master's a little wacky. Okay. Uh, I, so my initial note was that I couldn't tell what was happening on the cover or the interior title page, but I think I kind of figured it out. The, the cover is him dropping a sign on Batman and Robin that has a clue on it, and then the, the like interior cover is him throwing like a bomb at the Batmobile. A flashbang. A flashbang at the Batmobile. Yeah. Uh, this week's ad, <laughs> the, the TV listings, yeah, the, the interior cover is TV listings. It says, watch Superman on television in big lettering. Uh, originally I thought this was the, uh, Fleischer cartoons that they had like televised or something, mm-hmm. but it's an ad for, cause, cause the ad, like the, the picture on the television in the ad looks like the Fleischer Superman. Yeah. Um, but it's the Adventures of Superman live action television series starring George Reeves with an S, Mm -hmm. no relation to Christopher Reeve without an S. Interesting. Nice S. Yeah, nice S. (laughs) My 
father would have watched it on WKBS. Oh, nice. Yeah, it lists like 60 different television stations. And I don't see... That it's airing on. Syracuse, but I do see Buffalo. So <laughs> WKBW for okay. that one. Uh, the, the series was filmed and, uh, and shot all the way back in 1951, and it ran for six seasons in syndication. Uh, and you might be doing the math in your head. This comic is from 66, and it ran for six seasons from, like, 52 to 58. Why are they advertising it now? It's because the... What, what is it here? I have it written down. Uh, the last four seasons were shot in color, but weren't aired in color hmm. until DC re-syndicated it in 1965. Hmm. So they were re-airing old episodes, but they were in color this time instead of in black and white. That's cool. Isn't it? I'd watch it's it. It's really neat, isn't it? If someone re-released uh, The Wizard of Oz with like the first half of it in color, I'd watch that. You'd watch the whole thing again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's really interesting that they would do that. They would like film it in color and keep it. You know, back then it wasn't a, a huge thing to like keep television shows around because mm -hmm. once it's sort of run its course you didn't you you know you didn't run it again mm -hmm. uh although syndication makes it a little different i guess because they are selling like the tapes to the television stations to run yeah um but anyway yeah that that's what <laughs> that's what i said oh the, there's also a little thing at the bottom here uh it says if the superman tv show is not playing in your area request your local t <laughs> request it from your local tv station which i guess is like early viral marketing yeah. it's like a like a call to action campaign like and subscribe <laughs> It's the earliest version of like and subscribe. I love it. Uh, okay, on to the comic. The opening scene has Aunt Harriet cleaning Wayne Mansion when she accidentally opens up a secret wall panel that leads to an elevator. She rides the elevator down to the Batcave, pondering whether or not Bruce and Dick are the famous dynamic duo when she is startled by a roar of a car engine and takes the elevator back up. Okay, two things. Okay. How old is Aunt Harriet? Because in some panels she looks 75, and in some she looks like Barb from Stranger Things. Especially <laughs> close up. I'm like, yeah, that's a 15-year-old girl right there. But clearly she's supposed to be an old woman. So that's my first thought. She's in her, what, 40s or something? I don't know. She, 40s, 50s? Maybe. She's, she's like middle, middle-aged. Okay, she's not like a... Because I'm thinking about the TV show when she was like an old lady. Yeah, I guess. Um, the other thing is that I love that when she's in the Batcave and she like hears the Batmobile and she's like gonna run away, she's like, oh, I'll pretend nothing happened. <laughs> Only to later bring it up like a couple hours later at dinner where it would cause the most drama, <laughs> which is really messy. And if she had just stayed in the Batcave, they would have just like revealed their secret identities. It's yeah. And like, what were they gonna do? Kill her? <laughs> maybe, maybe. What was she worried about? So the two arrive, the Batman and Robin arrive in the Batmobile and the world's greatest detectives notice the smell of Van Harriet's perfume mm. and her footprints that lead to the elevator. So Bruce Wayne says that he's going to come up with a plan to throw her off their scent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So at dinner that night, Aunt Harriet mentions the secret elevator she found. She's like, hey, are you Batman? I'm just, I, I found an elevator, just curious. And, and Bruce and Dick are like, they play stupid. They're like, we don't know what you're talking about. An elevator, that's weird, that's funny. <laughs> so she opens up the, uh, the closet and uh, they dress, the closet is just a regular closet. It's dressed up as such because, uh, you know, Bruce and Dick did it that way. So so it would look like a regular closet. They'd be like, oh, you must have been daydreaming or thinking about, you know, <laughs> you know, dreaming about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but she she's like real sly and she's like, I'm going to catch him, actually. I'm, I'm going to really get him. Oh, my God. <laughs> so let's see here. The next day, the two prepare to leave for their nightly patrol. And Robin suggests that they check the roads to make sure Aunt Harriet hasn't done anything to try and prove their identities. Sure enough, the roadways outside the mansion have been spread with pitch to track the Batmobile to, to the Batcave's entrance. She spread pitch on the stairs. They were caught unawares. <laughs> <laughs> and they thought, well, she cares. She does. She cares about knowing their secrets. Yes. 
I guess I, I should mention I, I didn't say before uh, when they outfitted the elevator with the uh, like to look like a closet. They also changed the control, so it does. It's not like a physical button anymore. They have a remote to mm-hmm. do it, so she can't like use it to go down anymore. They did all of that before dinner. Y- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so the two need to avoid the pitch that's been spread, uh, and conveniently, the Batmobile has been (laughs) recently outfitted with a hydrofoil, which turns it into a hovercraft that can fly over the trap. I can't that the Batmobile is a hovercar now. And, like, they're using compressed air, which just seems so chaotic. Like, you would just fly around in any direction, especially if you, like, went over a big rock or something. Like, wouldn't that, like, alter the direction it was going in? It's It would work like a hovercraft. It's, it, that's what a hydrofoil is, is a hovercraft. So you can steer it only by, like, a fan or a fin on the back that can, that can move it around. It, it's not, it can't make, like, tight turns or anything. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It kind of, it kind of uh, has the same physics as a boat. Because you're you're floating on something instead of, you know, you have friction on the ground. Okay. You and I watched that video uh, where Tom Scott makes a hovercraft into, like, a, a, bar. a bar. So yeah, I know yeah. what a hovercraft looks like. I feel like a car is too heavy to also be a hovercraft. Definitely. No, no. For sure. For yes. sure. You would need an insane amount of air pressure yeah. to be able to lift a car off the ground. Oh unless the Batmobile is somehow lighter than a regular car. Oh, no. Which I doubt. <laughs> It's full of wind and dreams. Since, uh, I mean, I don't know if, if the comic Batmobile has this, but I know the the uh, the TV show Batmobile from the 66 is like nuclear powered. So it has like a mini nuclear generator in it. You know what they should have done is just gone gone back to the Batcave, gotten the Whirly Bats. That's go, true. Go yeah. out on patrol on the Whirly Bats. Yeah, fly, fly out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, or get the Batplane, because I think we have seen the Batplane in, in this era as well. Yeah. Yeah, huh, whatever. I guess they need to be on the ground. The Batplane doesn't give them enough of a, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, coverage? Like a view, like a view from the ground, you know? Like okay. you, you need to be able to, to see. They would have been able to see this man hiding on the roof more from a plane. <laughs> That's true. You're getting ahead of it. Okay. You're getting okay. ahead of it. So, so the dynamic duo, uh, they ride down to Marine Boulevard as part of their nightly rounds. And there's a man on a roof with a walkie-talkie who informs his accomplices that Batman and Robin have driven by. So Clue Master, the voice on the other end of the walkie-talkie, remarks that he's been waiting for a week for them to take the route by this location. And he and his gang burst out of the Lowland Trust Bank, and Clue Master throws a vial at the Batmobile that bursts into a ball of bright light. Clue Master is ready to survive any pandemic. He has his mask over his nose, and he's got plenty of flashbangs to ward off enemies. Um, it's weird that his gadgets, he's like, all seem to be glass. That feels a little dangerous to me, especially if he, like, accidentally falls down. Falls down on his chest. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. his, his costume is, like, a skin-tight orange suit with blue vials up and down his chest, uh, a yellow bandana wrapped around his face, and yellow gloves. <laughs> that doesn't exactly scream clues to no. me. Like, it... You would think that he would dress up maybe like a game show host or mm-hmm. uh, even just... Ha- I mean, Riddler already has question marks on yeah. him. So Well, I- you'll see later why he can't dress up as a game show host. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, did, I didn't pick that up. Uh, it's not in the comic. <laughs> oh. Anyway, he introduces himself. Tells Batman and Robin, Hey, I'm Clue Master. I'm going to defeat you. Does the normal villain shtick. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the Mass Manhunter and Teenage Thunderbolt leap from the Batmobile and begin pummeling the goons, but Clue Master throws green smoke bombs at them both to get away through an abandoned building. The duo follow, but find only a clue that was left behind a secret wall panel, similar to the secret wall panel that they have in their mansion. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> you didn't mention the uh, PSA. That is before this. Which you say that we have seen before. Yes, we have. But I can't remember. I just want to say, okay, it's the one that's like health myths debunked. And it's like, uh, you, you shouldn't use ice or snow to treat frostbite. Uh-huh. Which like, I can't believe people used to think that you could treat frostbite with more snow. That sounds like a lie made up by an abominable snow person. <laughs> Who'd be like, yes, put more snow on you. Delicious. <laughs> and then at the bottom, the, the one boy says that he thought he could cure a cold with a hot bath and that sounds like a great idea i would take a hot bath right now 
Not because you have a cold, just because you like hot baths. I do. <laughs> All right, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So behind behind this wall, they find a they find a clue. The secret panel. They find a clue. It's a picture of a line of soldiers wearing bearskin hats, which I had to look up. Those oh. are the, the type of hats that the like palace guards wear Buckingham at, Palace. At Buckingham Palace. Yeah. yeah, they look like they have sunrises on them. Yeah, yeah I yeah, thought yeah. was very fashionable. Yes, they, they're bearskin hats that look like they have pictures of sunrises on them. Uh, and they're in a line, and there's also text on this clue that says, like, it's teasing Batman and Robin. You know, this is a clue to my next crime. You, you know, you won't be able to figure it out. Actually, does it say you won't be able to figure it out, or does it say... Uh, if you want a second chance, solve this clue. It's a tip-off to where my next crime will take place 24 hours from now. In the next panel... He says that he expects Batman to solve it. Yeah, yeah, which, which is, is great. Which is kind of a break from the normal villains. Yeah, like most most of the villains that we've seen throughout the Silver Age, they leave a clue and they'll go, "He'll never figure it out," mm-hmm. <laughs> even though he has the title of the world's greatest detective. Exactly. I actually love that. Cluemaster has a really good plan. His plan is to like lure Batman into like whatever his next heist is going to be, and then like trap. Or kill him, uh, or not not necessarily trap or kill him, but like f- use that to figure out his secret identity. Yeah. Um, so Cluemaster gloats that he's not like other villains. Mm-hmm. He he's not like the other villains. Yeah. <laughs> because his plan is different. He's gonna find out Batman's secret identity and strike him when he's unaware. Mm. He's not going to try and fight Batman in Batman's home turf, which is when he's in his costume. He's going to find out what Batman's secret identity is and assault him when he least expects it. Yeah. It's a really good plan. It is. It is a really good plan. It's probably the best plan that we've seen out of any of these villains so far, if I'm going to be honest. I like it because he isn't underestimating Batman and Robin. And the only reason they do foil him is because of dumb luck caused by them trying to hide from Aunt Harriet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so he reveals in these in these panels where he's he's talking about his plan that the smoke bombs also covered the Batmobile's tires with an invisible chemical that he will be able to follow back to the Batcave. Or he would have been able to mm-hmm. if Batman and Robin didn't have to use the hydrofoil again to avoid Aunt Harriet's trap. Damn Aunt Harriet. Uh, helpfully, one of Cluemaster's goons posits that Batman and Robin are aliens mm-hmm. and the Batmobile is a spaceship that can fly. I hope so. <laughs> uh, he's, he's quickly chastised for yeah. this suggestion. <laughs> I love this next panel of them just like hanging out, staring at the clue, trying to figure it out. It just makes you think like Gotham used to be so safe. Like, you almost stop one bank robber, and then it's back to the mansion for some tea and brain teasers. (laughs) They're just sitting back, feet up. They didn't fight. They fought, like, two guys tonight, and they're like, that's enough. Let's go home and puzzle out this mystery. (laughs) Uh, So relaxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) On the next night's patrol, they quickly stop two robbers who are stealing televisions, I also love this one. They finish each other's bits. I think this is like, it's so fun. Mm -hmm. Bring back Batman and Robin being friends. Uh, The men are stealing television and Robin punches them and says, we now order up this program to bring you a special bulletin. Robin's here. And then Batman runs in having the time of his life and says, so can Batman be far behind? (laughs) He's in on the fun. His heart is not just a little lump of coal. Yeah. I love it. I do I do like it when Batman finishes Robin's quips. It's funny. I mean I think I think it's funny sometimes when he is the staid voice of of reason and and like, you know, doesn't sometimes silence is good comedic timing mm-hmm. and and Batman can get that down, but I also do like this Silver Age stuff where like Robin starts a bit and Batman is right in there to finish it. They, it. They're a great team. Great comic duo. <laughs> So this television, this television robbery seems to be apropos of nothing. Yeah, it's totally. just like a thing that happens that night earlier because they couldn't figure out the clue, so they don't know where Clue Master's going to strike. Yep, they're stumped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they then head over to the Gotham Coliseum, where the marquee for the Arabian Nights exhibition is suspiciously lit, even though the exhibition is supposed to happen tomorrow. I love that they just stumble into the second. Yeah, like the 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 second crime. Yeah, yeah. Clue, so Cluemaster, so Cluemaster is here at this Arabian Nights exhibition, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like, "Look, I told you they'd figure out my clue." <laughs> yeah, I love in this panel. Um, it, they're stealing from these like giant barrels, and it's like they're full of popcorn. 
Oh, see, I said clamshells. It looks like he's t- he's got a bunch of clams in there. Yeah. Or giant silver coins. I guess. It's probably diamonds, but yeah, to me it looks like popcorn. <laughs> yeah, so the two, uh, they see Clue Master in the Coliseum. They start charging him, but they fall through a trap door in the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, in the basement, the dynamic duo find a glowing picture of a sea serpent. And for once in the comics... We, we read Batman asking why the criminal is leaving clues instead of just pulling out, pulling off crimes. Yeah. Without leaving clues. Being this, self-aware. Like the, the one time that Batman is like, why, why do they leave me clues? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't they just commit the crimes? He's a smart man. <clears throat> this also doesn't look like a sea serpent. I no. said it looks like, um... Like an, an upset hand puppet. <laughs> a little bit. It does. It's, it's giving me like Kermit Kermit when he's angry vibes. It does, yeah. It definitely doesn't look like a sea serpent. They call it a sea serpent, but it does not look like a sea serpent. Uh, <laughs> they talk, and as they're talking, Robin flips the picture upside down, which reveals that it's actually a picture of a duck. Mm. Uh, and they determine that the first clue looks like 40 thieves hiding in jars, like from Arabian Nights. Mm-hmm. And and uh, they were like, oh, we could have found Clue Master faster if we would have known. We just had to flip the clues upside down. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> come over here into my corner. It's Becca's Fact Corner. Wonderful. Yeah. So uh, these kind of puzzles are known as rotational ambigrams or reversible illustrations. Um, it's mm. where something is, well, a reversible illustration is more when it's something different upside down and right side up, but like, uh, they both make sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the thing that comes to mind to me, the like most famous one that I can think of, they, they can also kind of be called optical illusions is like the bunny and the duck. Yeah. Because if you, if you put it on its side, it's a bunny. And if you like stand it up, it looks like a duck. Yeah. Well, honestly, that one, you could look at it on one plane and like switch back and forth between like bunny and duck just by like focusing. Hmm. It's a little different from that, but it's kind of in the same vein. Okay. Um, the most famous like ambigrams that you might know of from, from recent history are uh, from the Dan Brown book, Angels and Demons, uh, where he uses ambigrams heavily in the plot device for that book and movie um and actually the person who created those amograms for the book uh, is an artist named john langdon um and dan brown named his main character robert langdon after that artist which i thought was cool that is pretty neat that he he was like okay i'm gonna have a book about ambigrams Mm -hmm. i'm gonna name the main character after a guy who makes ambigrams yes um there's a, a recent uh kind of funny uh, story about an unintentional ambigram. Oh. Um, you could, I mean, you probably can see unintentional ambigrams all over the place, especially in like advertising and logos. Really? Um, but in 2016, a travel charger from the brand iSmart went viral when it was discovered that when plugged in upside down, the logo looked like it spelled out plus Jews with an exclamation point. <laughs> And uh, customers called in telling the brand they were being anti-Semitic. But as a Jewish person, I take it as a compliment. Be excited for adding Jews in everywhere. And I know this is... (laughs) With an exclamation point. With an exclamation point. Plus Jews! I know this is an audio podcast, but I want to show Josh just to get his reaction. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. And it looks like a battery, too. So it's like, plus Jews! It is. Yeah. No, it, it, a hundred percent. Yeah. Look up, look up iSmart plus because it says. No, it's just iSmart. Oh, okay. iSmart. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. So the T looks like a plus symbol because it's supposed to look like a battery. It's a battery. I get it. I get it. Plus juice. (laughs) I love it. It's great. Uh, So yeah. I thought it was hard to make ambigrams though, because in order to make a word look like another word upside down, you kind of have to like make the letters kind of fuzzy. Yeah. Uh, well, this is more uh, an example of uh, a reversible illustration okay. than okay. a pampogram, to be quite Cause honest. Because it's, it's something different upside yes. down than it is right side up. Yes. Okay. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Interesting, though. So, yeah, look for amograms in your daily life. Oh, and the, the iSmart 
uh, team, when they like saw this, they were like, oh, I guess we got to be a little more careful when we're designing our logos. <laughs> I just really imagine like the, the, the one graphic designer who made that mm-hmm. now, every time he makes a logo for he someone, turns it upside down. He, yeah, he, he does like quickly in Photoshop. He does like a rotate 180, takes a look at it for a second and goes, yeah okay it doesn't say anything else upside down and then flips it back over it's so funny especially because like there's so few objects that you would use like both upside down and right side up like a charger that you can plug into the wall either way is like one of the only things i could think of yeah you would even have the because the the person who wrote who like this article comes from says that she was a graphic designer who just like plugged in her travel charger and then looked at it and was like that's a plus juice And that's how it went viral. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's perfect. Okay. Back to the story. Back to the story. At some point after they have this revelation about the, the duck painting, they return home. Uh, and they uh, they come out through the, the elevator that they've dressed up to look like a closet. And while Robin is talking about the Duck Marina, that's like supposedly the Clue Master's next crime place, Bruce notices a noise. So they open up a ceiling light fixture and find a camera pointing towards the closet that was placed there by Aunt Harriet trying to catch them. Her snooping is so intricate. And if I was her... And I knew that they were probably Batman and Robin. Uh-huh. I would just wait by the elevator all night. Just get a chair. Well, she's got to get her sleep. Get some coffee, pull up a chair, <laughs> and just wait it out. Honestly, this this uh, this comic kind of leads me to question how much sleep Batman, like Bruce and Dick, actually get. Well, they sleep during the day, usually. Do they? And that doesn't make Aunt Harriet suspicious of them at all? Maybe. I don't know. That seems like the kind of thing where it would be difficult. I mean, most of the times we've been reading these Silver Age comics, they it's like, oh, they patrol in the daytime. Mm-hmm. And all these crimes happen in the daytime. But this comic specifically, most of this stuff takes place at night. Yeah. However, these have been some light nights. They, Like I said in the, in the last scene, they they chased after Clue Master. They got the clue and they were like, all right, let's go home. <laughs> Nothing you, else seems to be. You think it's like a, it's like a like a half hour of action? They go home, they look at the puzzle for like twenty minutes, and they go, "Eh, I got nothing." And then yeah. they go to sleep. They go to sleep. Yeah. Contrast that with like the modern day, like the, like the early rebirth stuff. For uh-huh. some reason, it was depicting just Batman and Catwoman literally out like sunset to sunrise, getting. I mean, not getting their butts kicked, but like kicking butts and like getting injured and into like really serious fights all night long. Unsustainable. Yeah. Unsustainable in the long term. Yeah. So you can only have one night of uh, out all, up all night butt kicking, and then you gotta you gotta sleep it off for a week. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Especially at Bruce's age. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Robin finds another camera at the exit road. And they go and develop the film, but it's blurry, as if it was affected by radiation. They do not at all seem phased by any of the radiation that they're about to discover. <laughs> and it just makes me think that the 60s were so wild. Because it was radiation, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the duck picture's glowing paint is actually radioactive, so the clue master can track them. That seems to be their only concern. They're like, oh, this is radioactive. Oh no, that means the clue master could find us if he has a Geiger counter. Oh no. I mean, it could be giving off radiation that's non-harmful. I'm pretty sure there is radiation that like can't get through your skin or something, or depending on the dosages of it isn't isn't bad for you. Okay. Actually, I learned something interesting recently and I don't... <laughs> I don't know if uh, it's okay to share on the podcast. Should I Should I share it? Yeah, sure. Okay, it has to do with radiation. Okay. Uh, I learned that steel from stuff that was built before 1945, when uh, they set off like atomic bombs in the atmosphere, is worth more because it doesn't have ra- as much radiation in it. Because the process of making steel takes air from from the atmosphere, and all of the air past 1945 has an elevated level of radiation in it. Weird. Uh, and they use the steel that they pull from old like ships and stuff that were built before 1945 and have been like on the ocean floor and stuff, so they wouldn't have been affected. They use it in scientific instruments that would be uh, thrown off by mm. like extra radiation. 
interesting. It's pretty neat. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you for that secondary Josh's fact corner. Yeah. Okay. So they take the painting across Gotham and they disguise themselves so they can tail Cluemaster's henchman that tracks them there. Uh, and he, the, the henchman takes a picture of the two mm-hmm. in their disguises. He says uh, when they're leaving, and it's supposed to be Robin, says, mm-hmm. uh, follow him on the QT. Do you know what on the QT means? I actually don't. What does it mean? It means on the quiet, which is not any shorter than just, like, QT is not any shorter than just saying quiet. Yeah, quiet is two syllables and QT is also two syllables. Yes, yeah. on the QT. That sounds like something weird, like uh, like the things that teens say in, in high school. Mm-hmm. They're like, they think they're cool because they're making abbreviations or like substituting words. And it's like, it just, it just means the same thing. You're just, you're just being different for the purpose of being different. No, you don't get my jams. <laughs> this is my fit for the day. I'm not a teen. Uh... I feel extremely old every time anybody mentions TikTok. I'm just like, I don't have the energy for that. <laughs> I'm not doing a dance. My one of my coworkers has like teenage sons and he keep he like comes into work and is like, Do you know about this slang word or this slang thing? Or like what? This like trend. I could probably translate. Uh oh, you know what? I'm blanking on it. You're, you're putting me on the spot here. Okay. Uh, if you can think of any throughout the podcast, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm just, I'm trying to keep my my mind focused on the story here because it's getting it's getting juicy. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they follow this henchman back to the uh, lair, the hideout of Cluemaster. And Cluemaster is surprised, to say the least, to see them there. <laughs> and uh, he tells his henchmen to keep uh, Batman and Robin busy so he can get them out of this. And his henchman reminds Cluemaster that earlier he claimed that no one could beat Batman in their in their regular identities. So Cluemaster retorts, "Yeah, but I hope I was wrong. Mm. <laughs> it's like I have to be wrong, or else we're not going to get out of this." Yeah, that's very funny. In a last ditch attempt to get out of it, he throws another gas bomb, which Robin bravely jumps in front of, enabling Batman to land a final blow on Cluemaster. Glass. More glass. Yeah, there's a there's a brief scene where Batman is really worried about Robin, but it's only one panel, and Robin's like, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back at the police station, Cluemaster brags that he knows the duo's identity before recognizing the men in the cell across from him, which look just like the men that his henchman took a picture of. That's right. Batman and Robin dressed up as the television thieves from the other night. Oh, that's who that is? And the, just because you, you thought that the, the television thing was fluff, but it wasn't. It was setting up this. Oh. They dress up as the television thieves. I see. I See, I just thought a lot of their plan happened off page. No, 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 no. They, they dress up like the television thieves that they got earlier. Oh, man. How did they get their clothes? To throw off Clue Master. I don't know. <laughs> they, okay. They they uh they have clothes that look similar. Okay. <laughs> he's he's Batman. He's a master of disguise. Okay. <laughs> so because Batman and Robin are standing in the same room as these guys who are supposedly Batman and Robin according to his henchman's photo, those guys can't be Batman and Robin. So he doesn't know Batman and Robin's identity. Mm. Uh, the next morning, Aunt Harriet develops her film and sees Batman and Robin saying hello to Bruce and Dick because the Batman and Robin have used the twinning method of film editing uh, that was used in The Parent Trap, which was, that movie was five years old when this comic was published. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. Okay. Is that, like, Batman and Robin are still in her house. I mean, I guess it's not her house, but, like, she does deserve... She can still be like, okay, so, like, you're friends with Batman and Robin? Why is that? Or, like, Wait, no, why do they I, use your basement as, that's, as a Batcave? That's... that's uh, It's pretty established. It's well established. We've covered a couple of times that Batman is notoriously, like, friends with Bruce Wayne. I guess, but to the extent that his Batcave is literally in his basement... Uh, yeah, I don't know what that's about. Because it does look like it's supposed to be the closet from earlier. It is. And and then you know at that point Aunt Harriet could be like, why do you allow Bat? Why do you allow Batman to live in your basement? Yeah, who is he? Is he here now? <laughs> do you know his secret identity? Although I don't know, maybe she's too embarrassed to ask. Like she, I don't know, like she's embarrassed that she accused them of being Batman and Robin, so she won't even push it any further. <laughs> 
Or maybe she's worried that if she reveals what she saw, they're going to like accuse her of being a snoop. And she doesn't want to be accused of being a snoop. All right. Even though she definitely is a snoop. She's not the only person keeping secrets in this house. So that's that. Uh, I think it's pretty neat that they they like they they spliced the film and then developed it and stuck it back in the camera. And they were like, you know, no, look, definitely it's here. Us meeting us. Mm -hmm. That's silly. (laughs) Uh, I just don't get why they don't trust Anne Harriet. They even say, like, maybe someday we'll trust her like we trust Alfred. It's like, okay, why don't you? Yeah, they, uh, the the last couple of panels of the comic is the crime fighters musing about how Aunt Harriet probably unintentionally saved them from Cluemaster finding out their identity. She absolutely did. <laughs> and uh, they, they someday might tell her when they're ready to share their secret. All right. <laughs> uh, and the comic... Uh, the last panel of the comic is Robin showing Batman a picture that he, I don't know if he bought it or he made it. He apparently found it off Wikipedia, which is where we found it. Exactly. I was going to say it's, it's a, it's a picture that reads puzzle when it's held right side up and it reads the end when flipped upside down. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I said an ambigran so classic. It's one of the examples on Wikipedia. (laughs) So moral of the story Never trust anyone who withholds information until the most dramatic time to reveal it. (laughs) And my second moral of the story, always try to get a fresh perspective on things. Ooh, Ooh. that's a very good one. Turn stuff upside down. You never know what'll happen. We're like actually an educational podcast now. Or like we can can insert ourselves into the whole like, you know, moral moral life lessons genre. Exactly. (laughs) Watch for us on the Climb the Charts on Educational Podcasts on on your favorite podcatcher. (laughs) Great. Interesting, interesting comic. So we're going to get into Rogue Roundup now. What do you have to tell me about the Clue Master? So much stuff. Clue Master, uh, whose real name is Arthur Brown, was once a game show host, which is why earlier when you were like, why doesn't he dress up like a game show host? Because that would be giving away his secret identity. Uh, if anybody knew that he was famed game show host Arthur Brown. Okay. Uh, who now uses clues and puzzles to leave his mark after a crime. And we want to be really clear here that he is legally distinct from the Riddler. <laughs> since he does not explicitly leave riddles that point to his next crime. Usually, at least in this comic, it's just visual clues. Mm-hmm. After his first tussle with Batman, Cluemaster returns after being released from Blackgate and seemingly cured of his obsession with leaving clues, which is great because he goes right back to crime, joining a gang (laughs) and planning their heists for a 10% cut of the profit. He later kills the gang leader by suffocating him with a really strong polymer. It's like really kind of horrible. He's like a chemist, I guess. He's, he's, uh, because he's shown in this comic as using like a bunch of different vials full of different gases and stuff. Yeah. How, how does being a game show host actually translate into being a chemist i'm not sure i think maybe he's just like really well connected i i I wasn't able to find like where he gets his tech from okay okay Uh, but here's the interesting thing it's in this story that we discover that clue master arthur brown has a daughter named stephanie oh stephanie (gasps) brown oh my goodness this is actually stephanie's first appearance in the comics she is angered by her estranged father's return to crime. Uh, and she's especially angry that he doesn't leave clues anymore. Really? So Wait, she, she's like, she's upset that she, she's like, my dad used to have a gimmick and now he doesn't do it anymore. Well, she's more so upset that he doesn't leave clues that Batman can follow anymore. Oh, So okay. it makes so she, them harder for him to catch. <laughs> no, she's not like down with the crime. So he takes Batman's advice from this comic. Yeah, and, exactly. And is like, well, well, why was I leaving clues in the first place? He heard him when he was under the stage and he's like, oh, I don't need to leave clues? Okay, that's a good idea. (laughs) I'll do that next time. (laughs) But so she becomes the hero, the spoiler. Uh To track him down and spoil his his plans. Clues. Yeah. His questions. Yes. Since he's no longer leaving clues, she figures out her father's plans and she leaves clues for Batman to then follow. Because she's still a little girl at this point. She can't like take him down on her own. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, the storyline climaxes with Clue Master holding Spoiler hostage, not knowing who she really is. Uh, however, by this point, Batman and Robin have tracked her down, unmasked her. They know who she is. Okay. Uh, and as he threatens to disfigure her with acid, Batman arrives and 
instead of like giving him this big long lecture about how it's wrong to like disfigure children, Batman's just like, hey, Clue Master, that's your daughter. And Clue Master is so surprised by this like turn of events that he like completely loses track of what's going on. And Spoiler uses a nearby chain to try to strangle him to death. <gasps> and she would have if Batman hadn't stopped him. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's really dark. So following this, uh, Spoiler continues to foil her father's plans every time that he escapes from jail. And she does join the Bat family, even for a time replacing Tim Drake as Robin. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then going back to being the Spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Clue Master then goes on to join several different supervillain organization groups throughout the years, uh, including the Injustice League and the Suicide Squad. He joins the latter uh, and wants to receive a pardon for his crimes. Uh, and in that comic, he says he hopes he makes Stephanie proud of him. Aww. He, he he really, after, you know, almost disfiguring her with acid, wants to maybe get back on her good side at some point. Uh, Clue Master actually has a near-death experience once where he was shot multiple times in the chest. And he stayed in the hospital for an entire year. Uh, when he's released from the hospital, he is devastated to learn that his daughter Stephanie has been killed and he actually takes on the secret identity Aaron Black and starts this whole campaign against Batman uh, blaming him for his involvement in Stephanie's death um, especially since she's not the first child to die while out adventuring with Batman (laughs) following Jason Todd's death and he's like listen this is kind of a pattern Batman like lets these kids hang out with him and then they die should we really be allowing this like vigilante to put these children in danger yeah 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 which is like a good point it is a good point Why, why are you bringing children to fight uh, dangerous criminals. Uh, recently, Clue Master was involved in the War of Jokes and Riddles uh, storyline in Rebirth, as were like almost all the Silver Age villains that we have done covered so far. Yeah, that storyline is so massive. And like the guy who who started writing Batman in uh, Rebirth, uh, Tom King, clearly just has like a love of Silver Age villains because he just threw them in like wherever he could. Like that thing I was talking about earlier, the like montage of Batman and Catwoman like fighting criminals all night. Mm-hmm. It was like all Silver Age like one-off villains. Really, Tom King just wanted to be like, look how many villains I can name. <laughs> it's so so many. It's, it's, it, Batman's got such a rich history. There's no reason not to dig deep into it yeah. to like get new storylines. Doesn't and stuff. always have to be the Penguin. Exactly right. You know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to be the Joker. Take note, penguin. Warner Brothers. <laughs> the Joker, Penguin, Riddler, uh, Two Face. It doesn't. I want to be... see Signal Man in a movie. <laughs> I want it. I want to see Gaggy in a movie. I want Gaggy. <laughs> Gaggy and Clue Master and Zebra Man. I want Zebra Man and this time a real zebra gimmick, okay? <laughs> Fix it. All right. He's um, a he's a centaur, but he's yes. a zebra centaur. Yes. Oh my god. Don't don't get don't don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Alright, so in the War of Jokes and Riddles, uh Clue Master takes the Joker's side and he tries to convince his teammates that the only way to get out of this mess is to intentionally get caught by Batman since if they stay with the Joker Riddler will kill them and if they try to run or switch sides Joker will kill them so mm. he's kind of one of the smarter people in the situation he's like I was kind of forced to join this but like really we should just let Batman catch us it's the, the path of least resistance and the yeah, most yeah. likely like, way that we will w- stay alive worst case scenario worst case scenario with Batman we go to jail for a while Uh, Worst case scenario with with Riddler or Joker, we die. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's the story that I mentioned earlier uh, from New 52 that seems really interesting. Uh, It was called Batman Eternal. And I don't want to spoil it because it seems like it has a lot of really cool twists and turns. So here's just a little taste. Uh, Clue Master teams up with Owl Man, who is a rogue member of the Court of Owls. And they cook up this scheme to have Batman distracted and exhausted by fighting with his larger foes, uh, like Penguin and the Riddler, um, while the B and C villains like Ratcatcher, Firefly, and Signal Man bring down Gotham City. Uh-huh. So my interest is peaked. You know what? There, that I actually did learn about that. Uh, he's he's part of like a they they cause uh, what's the word like public service uh, disruptions. No, oh. they basically they're like disrupting Gotham's. Uh, utilities and and stuff to the point where like it'll fall easily because it's it's so harried. Yeah, you know, <laughs> sounds like Texas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Texas, tr- you're next. They're trying to cause uh, a large, uh, like a massive scale government failure, basically. Yeah. Mm, shout out to any of our listeners who are in Texas. I hope you guys are doing okay. Yeah. Um. So, Clue Monster has yet to appear in any films. 
However, he has been seen in the cartoons The Batman and Batman Brave and the Bold, and his game show is actually referenced in the video game Arkham Knight, where a billboard can be found reading Arthur Brown's price change. And if you stick around that site, you can overhear a group of thugs saying that Cluemaster never gained much traction as a villain because he was clearly a blatant ripoff of the Riddler. (laughs) So, even in the underground, he gets no respect. (laughs) Very sad. That's funny. Yeah. So, uh, that's Clue Master for you. Okay. That's, yeah. yeah, he's Stephanie Brown's father, surprisingly. Exactly. Yeah. I think, you know what? I think I did know that, but like, it's one of those things where you like, you learn it and then you just kind of forget about it. Cause again, Clue Master is kind of like a B-lister. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, oh yeah, that's where she came from. Okay. <laughs> and then, you know, you forget about who her dad was. Well, now I understand why her name is a spoiler and I kind of love it. Yeah. 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 It's very interesting. Cool. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of Batmates. Um, you can email us at batmatespodcast at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns? Yeah. Just want to say hi to us? Yeah. Batmatespodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and, and learn more about our listeners. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Our theme song was composed by Ben Dean. You can find him at tinyurl.com slash B-E-N-D-E-A-N-E. And our logo was designed by Savannah a storm you can find her on instagram at art.by.savvys and we will see y'all next week go watch some clue shows go watch some game shows go watch castle (laughs) bye bye